in the high desert in the great American Southwest. Welcome to Coast to Coast AM. John, welcome to the program. Good to have you with us. You're with us. You're with us. You're with us. Welcome back to Coast to Coast PM. This is a very unofficial podcast all about Coast to Coast AM where we break down their segments for you. My name is Paul. I am the guy that listens to this madness of a radio show here with my brother. Hey, it's Chris. I I don't have a good one this week, dude. Oh, you didn't load it up, man. No, I wasn't loaded. I was going to try to think of something quickly, but uh, I'm just the other guy. Just the other guy who does not listen to Coast to Coast. Yeah, that's it. Who doesn't listen to Coast to Coast. But always very much enjoys learning about the the magical world that is coast to coast. It is really its own land of of mystic wonder, I guess I would say. Mystic, paranormal, and conspiratorial wonderment. And Chris, I am so excited for today. I'm literally bleeding from my ears with knowledge. It's like seeping out of me. Today we are going to be talking about the one, the only skinwalker ranch whoa i've actually i've heard of skinwalker ranch but i know nothing about it i think i've seen some uh documentary on netflix uh but that's about all all i know that it 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 does appear to be a ranch and i don't know what the skinwalker refers to but it sounds creepy well we are going to be finding out today because this episode that we'll be reviewing is from february of 2007 going back to the Art Bell tapes, where he interviews uh, Colm Kelleher and George Knapp about Skinwalker. Oh, so this is before George Knapp is a host. Yeah, this was back when George Knapp was just a, a lowly investigative reporter before he rose to the high ranks of hosting Coast to Coast AM sometimes. Yeah, yes, the Herculean Heights. Yes, as, as coast to coast AM host, as many would call it. And I am so ready to talk about it between listening to all these old podcasts with George Knapp, watching the new uh, Secret of Skinwalker Ranch on Discovery Plus. I am just oozing with Skinwalker. But before we get to that, Chris, we got to check in with our good friend Tim Banal at the Coast to Coast AM blog. Old Tim Boy. Old Tim Boy. And old Timmy Banal. Sweet boy. And today's article is Michigan City repeals ban on fortune telling. <laughs> they finally repealed that ban, huh? They finally did it. Took them long enough. They finally, you know, I always said I would go to Michigan, except I can't get my fortune told. It's really disappointing. You know, you're, you're walking around, you know, hanging out with Kid Rock, I assume. And all you want to yeah, do is, is get your tarot read. Yeah. Eating subpar pizza. And I was like, maybe I'll get my fortune told. And then people are like, what are you crazy? It's illegal here. All right. So don't hate on De- on Detroit style. I actually really like Detroit style. It's kind of a pan style. I love it. Anyways, to the article, Chris. A- Go. Long-standing ban on fortune telling has been repealed by Michigan by Michigan, uh, freeing tarot readers, palmists, and soothsayers of all stripes to practice their trade without fear of running afoul of the law, according to a local what media is report. What's the actual definition of a soothsayer? I I imagine someone with like a, a bag of bones, like chicken bones that they throw on the ground. Yeah, dude. Yeah, kind of like the Asian fortune telling. Or like, uh, for some reason, it makes me think of Vikings. I don't know if Vikings did that, though. 
I don't know. But anyways, yeah. go. All right. So the odd ordinance had made it illegal for, quote, any person engaging in fortune telling or to pretend to tell fortunes for hire, gain or reward within the community, uh, the community of Potoski. Weirdly enough, the the famous Michigan city of Potoski. Everybody knows where this is. Oh, that's where I have my summer home, Chris Potoski. Yeah. Weirdly enough, I think this was an anti-gypsy measure or excuse me. I believe you're supposed to call him Romani now. Um, I don't know. I, I imagine it had something to do with some super Christian guy thinking that he was saving the world because yeah. fortune telling is bad and magic is bad. It is bad. All right. So keep going. Sorry. I, I, I just, this is, I'm, I'm so fascinated by this already. This is, that's what intrigued me was I was like, wow, someone put that on the books. Yeah. So weirdly enough, the law had actually been on the books for so long that no one in the city's government had any idea when or why it was enacted. So it was just there. It was just hanging Probably out. Probably just like, yeah, since the city's founding. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. It was, just yeah. Like, day one. Gonna be, there's going to be no fortune telling in this city in Michigan. Get those psychics out of here. While the ordinance had largely gone unenforced in the community, thankfully, Sarah Snyder of the store <laughs> Poetess and Stranger said about having the law change earlier this year when she was approached by a spirit board reader with the idea of doing sessions in the shop and discovered that the that holding such events would be illegal in Potoski. I love I that how they figured that out. I don't know either. Like who who told them this? Yeah, it's like my it's not my first thing to go would be like, you know what? I'm going to get my fortune told. Let me check up my city ordinance real quick. Yeah, I don't know. Someone must have known that that told them. But so after she asked the city's council to change the rather archaic law, officials were open to the idea and looked into drafting new regulations, which would protect consumers while also allowing fortune tellers to practice their craft. So their answer was regulation instead of just getting rid of it. (laughs) So... Uh, you're gonna have to pay the city some taxes to, to to practice your craft. Yeah. So, looking into how other communities handled the issue, the city drafted a new ordinance which would have required mugshots from soothsayers before they could be licensed to forecast the future. That's interesting that they need your picture. Well, they were trying to give out licenses. Fortune telling licenses was their initial thought. Right, but I get the license, but like I have a business license. I, no one needed a picture of me to request said business life. You got to know who to chase down if uh, they start running <laughs> afoul of the community, apparently. Yeah, go. That's that soothsayer. Yeah, go get him. That's so, the guy. However, this this mugshot thing, Chris, like you mentioned, uh, it, it raised concerns surrounding the possible violation of one's freedom of religion. So officials in Potoski ultimately opted to simply scrap the old law rather than replace it with new regulation. Perhaps the city council should have consulted with a psychic before they spent all of that time researching and drafting new regulations that they never wound up using. Dude, another little zinger from Timmy, dude. He's been zinging him lately. He's been sassy. I wonder what's been going on with Tim. Yeah, dude. He's been zinging him a little bit. That's some good stuff. Maybe you should ask a psychic before you wrote a new law, Patuski. <laughs> yeah, you stupid Patuski. Man, those poor psychics, man, don't oppress the psychics. They're just trying to do their job. And honestly, man, pretty fun. I would like to know, was anyone charged 
in the previous decades that this law has been on the book. Like, I want to know the one cop who was just so like anti fortune teller, anti, you know, Romani gypsies that he was just like, if you practice fortune telling in my neighborhood, you're going down. So I have a hard time seeing rural Michigan having uh, a lot of Romani, but I could be wrong. Um, but dude, dude, that's where that's where they hang out, dude. They have the caravans, all they right. get, you know, pulled by the horses. OK, anyways, uh, I, I imagine when that was being enforced, it was around the time when we were like burning people for that kind of stuff. Are you worried we're going to offend our, our large Romani following? Anyways, so I don't know. Interesting story, though. Interesting story. Definitely interesting. Definitely, Definitely interesting. interesting. Sorry, I've been watching a whole lot of uh, Peaky Blinders recently. Oh. So, like, the gypsy lifestyle is very much uh, in the forefront of my brain right now. Just too much Peaky Blinders, man. I've never watched it. Peaky Blinders. Well, they're gypsies. Okay. That's kind of their thing. That's how they become. The, the Peaky uh, Blinders outdoors. are? Yeah. Are they are they are they actually Romani? That's what I mean. They don't look at all. None of them actually look Romani, but that's the claim is that they are. They call themselves gypsies in it. Uh, I've, I've never watched another about it. Well, to get into Skidwalker Ranch, Chris, the topic of today's episode. I know you aren't familiar, so would it be helpful to do a, a quick overview of the ranch? Give me an overview, because, like, when I think Skinwalker Ranch, I'm assuming that it's, like, some kind of weird cryptid body snatcher type thing, or um, what was that? What was that Stephen King? Oh, what are they called? Like, people who can, like, like steal your body and, like, changelings or something like that. You know what I mean? I don't totally know what you're talking about. Kind of like, like Ditto from Pokemon. But oh, like where? Oh, where they they like mimic you? Yeah, or uh, yeah, probably a mimic. Yeah, no that that wasn't uh, that that wasn't Stephen King. The I think it was The Outsider. Yeah, yeah. So not that, but close. Okay. And the thing about Skinwalker Ranch, Chris, is that it is basically anything and everything that you want it to be. So it's just it's just a a collective of conspiracy and paranormal activity. Yeah, essentially, it started more in the cryptid realm, but now it's it's folding like UFOs. It's got a little bit of everything for everyone. All right, uh, give me go, go ahead and give me the rough rundown. Let's get there. So, Chris, deep in the heart of a mystical land known as Northwest Utah. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm already skeptical. <laughs> there is a 500 anchor ranch known as Skinwalker Ranch. This ranch, to go way back in time, it was formerly occupied by the Ute tribe. So the story as it goes nowadays is that the Ute tribe and the Navajo were warring in some sort of fashion. Okay. And it's said that the Navajo cursed the land to get revenge on the Ute tribe. Okay. So this is a classic Native American burial ground situation, but no burial ground. It's cursed. It's just cursed land. General cursing. All right. All American lore has to have a good Native American curse. It's it's a classic. We don't do it as much anymore, but I mean, dude, circa 1990, that was the yeah. only type of paranormal yeah, activity exactly. people saying it was a burial ground, man. That's like yeah. that's like half of Stephen King's 100 books are about yeah. 
burial grounds. Just burial grounds and Native American curses. Yeah. So they cursed the land to be haunted by skinwalkers. So a skinwalker is a type of evil shaman or witch in the Navajo culture. And it has the ability to transform into large beast-like creatures. And these are exclusively malevolent. They are no nice skinwalkers. They're always mean. Oh, well, dude, with a name like Skinwalker, you can't be nice. No, it's very scary. It's a very scary name. That's a scary term. I I do have a caveat to that backstory, right? Okay. And that's the backstory that everything I read says happened, and that's why there's all this crazy stuff happening on Skinwalker Ranch. I can only find sources that are white people. I can't find anyone that is Navajo that says they ever cursed the land. There's no Utes or no Navajo saying... Yeah, this land is like super duper cursed. Ne- I have not found one source that says that. So I'm a little skeptical that it's just one of those indie like Native American burial ground stories. <laughs> but so wait, can I? That's I have one more question. Is yeah. Skinwalker an actual thing? My understanding and in, in looking into it, Skinwalker actually is a real thing. It okay, has a different so name, like, obviously. But right. the myth of the Skinwalker right, is real. But the Navajo do have like a an evil shaman witch type thing that can roughly translate into skinwalker yes that part is accurate whether or not the navajo cursed the land because of a disagreement with the ute tribe can't find any actual evidence outside of people who own skinwalker ranch who say that (laughs) so and they may be a little biased i don't know it might be just a slight bias so the land itself was owned by uh, a couple by the name of Kenneth and Edith Myers until their death, okay. at which point a Mormon family purchased it, Terry and Gwen Sherman. Now, during the episode, you're going to hear the Shermans referred to as the Gormans. It's because George Knapp wrote a book about Skinwalker, and he did that to protect their identity. It has since come out. We know it's the Shermans who own that. Got it. Here, the Gormans, that's what's going on. So the Shermans were on the ranch for about 18 months in total. They bought it in uh, 1994 and sold it in 1996. So during those 18 months, they were terrorized by an extreme amount of paranormal activity. Okay. So they were seeing large beasts. They saw UFOs. They had their cattle mutilated. And all of this was reported in local newspapers that you can still find today. You can find Uh, those newspapers of the Gormans also known as the Shermans, they were like, holy crap, we got to go to the local news. UFOs are mutilating our cattle. Exactly, yeah. I mean, and that's pretty interesting because, you know, though the Mormons have a pretty crazy religion, they themselves are, as, as a whole, are not known for making up crazy stories. No, they aren't really known for paranormal stuff, but, you know. Yeah. You don't hear a lot of paranormal activity coming out of uh, Salt Lake City, you know, considering that the angel Moroni brought, you know, golden tablets and made Joseph Smith read them out of a hat. Yeah, you would think you'd run into that more. You you would get a little bit more. Same with Scientologists. Why aren't Scientologists seeing more aliens since that's part of their actual teachings? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Anyway, so. In 1996, a billionaire and hotel magnate by the name of Robert Bigelow bought the ranch for scientific purposes. So he heard (laughs) about everything that was happening, and he's like, I have to get in on this. So his organization, which is called NIDS, so you may hear NIDS come up as well. That is the 
National Institute for Discovery Science. It is now defunct, but that's where he hired a bunch of people with all of his lots of billionaire money to investigate weird stuff that he was into, like UFOs and the paranormal. God, dude, you know, and this is where you're like, we could have really done some real things with that money, except <laughs> this guy buys a ranch and has scientists like, let's investigate the UFO mutilations. He's got a bunch of PhDs running around on a 500 acre ranch in the dark. (laughs) That's what this We're doing science. He's a job creator, Chris. He's a job creator. You know, in a way, you're right, for sure. So Robert Bigelow owned the ranch from 1996 to 2016. His his organization, NIDS, they they did a couple years of experiments on the ranch. They never actually found any proof. They can never really document any evidence. You know, we will. Yeah, exactly. We will discuss some of the firsthand accounts that that happened on the ranch and why they think they weren't able to actually capture anything on camera or anything like that. But in 2016, Bigelow sold the ranch to Brandon Fugel via Brandon Fugel's company, Adamantium Real Estate. So Brandon, <laughs> That's a cool name. Yeah, well, Brandon is is a real estate mogul, quote unquote. He's worth about a hundred million. So. You know, not quite. Not a billionaire. Not a billionaire. But he uh, has adamantium real estate. And uh, Chris, are you familiar with what adamantium is? Uh, I believe adamantium is what Wolverine skeleton is made out of. Correct. It is a fictional alloy that is uh, known for being what is bonded to Wolverine's skeleton and his claws. Uh, So, yes, you can guarantee indestructible. Yeah, you can guarantee Brandon Fugel is a giant nerd because that's what he names his real estate company. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to name it Adamantium Reality, and then everyone will know I'm indestructible. Exactly. So super cool. Cool guy, dude. Cool guy. Yeah. Can I just, I want to go back just real quick to the PhD who just spent eight years of his or her life in intense study, and then their first job is going to work for a billionaire doing science experiments at Skinwalker Ranch. Do you tell your parents that? I I would. <laughs> I would for sure. And I think they would think it's really funny. I don't know if a lot of people would. <laughs> so uh, what you been up to, Carl? Well, uh, a billionaire hired me to go out to Utah to this ranch that is supposed to have skinwalkers, which is an old Navajo witch. And uh, we've been out there doing experiments for the last two years. You know who you definitely wouldn't tell is any of your professors or university buddies. That's exactly Who are doing real things. Yeah, dude. I don't think a lot of papers were published uh, from these PhDs and those... uh, on suing years not a single one from what i can tell so and we're going to be hearing from one of those phds today chris so most oh, we of, will most of today's clips okay, are cool. from uh colin kelleher who is a biochemist who got his phd from the university of dublin oh well that's like a fake school i don't know i'm sure it's nice dublin it's, seems like a fun dude, place it's ireland now to to finish the timeline though before we jump in so in 2016 brandon fugel purchase Skinwalker Ranch from Bigelow. At that point, Brandon said, what do I do with this? Let's make a TV show. He now has a TV show on Discovery Plus that you can go find. I've binged it all. Uh, And it is called The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. (laughs) Exactly. 
findings Skinwalker Ranch, secrets of Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, it's you know the adventures of Skinwalker Ranch. You can't yeah. go wrong. And the number of times that this man flies into Skinwalker Ranch on his helicopter for no reason to meet with his science team for the show is absurd. Like, take a car. Take yeah. a car. Just you can drive to the ranch. Stop flying in. But it looks cool, I guess. Well, so, it's like those, it's like those the celebrities out in the LA where they'll literally take their private jets you know like 20 miles back and forth between private airports yeah and you're like dude just take a car just take a car you're literally in the air for four minutes or zip lines just potentially. take a car yeah yeah but co2 be damned so chris it's not real naturally i don't really care much about brandon fugel or what he has to say because he's just making a tv show about it but yeah. bigelow seemed to have actual scientific curiosity and did bring a real team Versus the current team on the TV show where the head astrophysicist is an ancient aliens guy. <laughs> yes. So this is like, you remember that Penn State Paranormal Society yeah. Yeah. TV show? It's kind of like you got those four kids and they're like, and now we're going to give you Skinwalker Ranch. Exactly. That's okay. pretty much what happened. <laughs> he also had a TV show on Discovery called like Rockets and Rednecks. He's from Huntsville, Alabama. I actually really like the guy. He's awesome. But yeah, uh, on the show, the, he starts off being like, I don't know about all this UFO stuff. This is pretty weird, but it kind of convinced me after being here. And I was like, dude, you were on Ancient Aliens and you're trying to tell me you weren't into UFOs before the ranch. Yeah. Like he's full of it. But yeah. Let's jump back in time, Chris. Art Bell's interview with Colm Kelleher and George Knapp about Skinwalker Ranch. So, question number one. Why is there so much weird stuff happening on this ranch? Yeah, that's a great question. A really great question to start off with. Do either one of you have any idea why the ranch, in fact, the area that you describe, is such a hotbed? Um, I, I, I think there's hot spots throughout the uh, the world and the, the United States. And this one just seems to have been going on for decades, if not centuries. Even if you go back into the uh, the Native American legends, and the Ute tribe is very prominent and right, right in that area, you can go back word of mouth 10 to 15 generations, and it's always the same. It's just always been happening, man. Yeah, that's that's a pretty classic idea that there's, like, energy vortexes throughout the earth and we can like kind of feel them or there's kind of some kind of special energy given off by different areas around the planet so that that one doesn't surprise me too much yeah and it does seem that and here's the thing is it a hot spot because there is some sort of naturally occurring phenomena or something going on there that's attracting this sort of activity or is it the reputation that then leads to additional signs because people are looking for something i think that's really the ultimate question here that i don't really know the answer to but i think we can kind of talk through it today for sure Did, did the ancients build stonehenge because there was an energy there or is there an energy because stonehenge is there yeah exactly you know is it are we all just looking for stuff so we kind of make we either make it happen or we think that it's happening 
and right. Skinwalker. And I think that's why Skinwalker Ranch is almost a mirror for whatever you think is is creepy or paranormal, and you end up seeing it, which is interesting. Right. So back in the day, there used to be these things called cattle mutilations. Chris, I'm not sure if you're familiar. We don't really see a lot of cattle mutilation anymore. They almost never happened, but it was very popular in you know the the 90s for sure. The uh, aliens and, and- must have gotten all the information they needed from our cattle. Yeah, then according to Time Magazine, in the 80s, it was all Satanist D&D players that were mutilating the cattle. Right. But then in the 90s, yeah, I think the aliens were like, all right, there's only so much you can learn from killing cattle. Yeah. But cattle mutilations were happening. I mean, one of the, one of the famous cases on the ranch happened in March of 1997 when we were, we were called up, um, up to the ranch to investigate this uh, 84-pound calf that had been found on the property and... We had a veterinarian with us. He went through all of the pathological findings, did a full necropsy on the animal, and the first thing that he found was uh, was this sharp instruments had been used on this animal. It was subsequently verified through two forensic labs. So creepy sharp it's instruments slicing the cattle up, but we're not done yet, Chris, because this okay. happened super fast. All right. It was 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning, and the uh, the rancher and his wife were out tagging the ears of newborn calves they were maybe 50 yards from their ranch house. I mean, it's it's flat ground, if you've ever seen video of what the, the property looks like. And uh, and they tag the ear of this calf. They go a, another 100 yards or so. They see the mother ca- uh, cow sort of dragging its leg, walking around in a circle, obviously upset. They go running back there, and this calf had been completely stripped of flesh. Yeah. I mean, uh, all, all basically that was left was bone and hide. In broad daylight, right uh, there in clear sight of where they were, no sound, no tracks, no anything. Very strange. Pretty strange. Yeah, that's pretty weird. You know, like, what could possibly have done that? And especially in that short time period, you know, if you do believe the the eyewitness accounts, there really isn't anything that can strip an animal completely of flesh in that short period of time. You know, you walk 100 yards away, and then you turn back around, and it's done. Yeah, I mean, it's probably at the most a few minutes yeah and you know not only do you it takes kill me it, a couple of hours to field dress a, a a small calf yeah exactly exactly so you got you got to kill it in that time period you got to strip it of all of its flesh and then all the animals have to disappear by the time that the uh the farmers get there and that right. that just doesn't happen yeah which is strange so all that these things strange. kept happening and the gorman family aka the sherman's we're, we're seeing a lot of stuff like this, right? And it, it basically yeah. was destroying their lives. In May of 1996, I think Tom Gorman had, at that stage, had reached, and the family especially, had reached a stage of crisis where they were, they were basically sleeping on the floor together in this, uh, this small homestead for protection. And uh, he began to reach out. He started talking to people in the neighborhood Word began to filter out. Somebody from the press found out. And then uh, Robert Bigelow found out through that. And so he's basically, he goes to the papers and says, I'm seeing UFOs and they're killing my cattle. And it's all <laughs> in the papers. It's literally Utah. And I love that the local paper. <laughs> it's Utah local- farmer sees UFOs, cattle mutilations is the tagline. Yeah, I love that the local paper's like, run it. Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> let's run it, baby. Dude, it's Northeast Utah. There's nothing else going on. There's not on. that much news. Yeah, there's not that much news. That was the biggest news of the month, maybe the year. Yeah, probably the year. 
So it was at All right, that. So there's point. got to, there's got. I need some more. I, I yeah. need some more. So I got some cattle mutilations going on. There, there's got to be more to the story than just some dead cows. Yeah. So at that point, right, is when Bigelow buys the property. And he takes it on and then he brings in NIDS, which is National Institute for Discovery Science that he creates. And at that point, they start doing investigations. So we'll jump to a story about the NIDS investigation. So, so hold up a second. It was just in this small local paper. It isn't Skinwalker Ranch yet. It is, is not Skinwalker right? Ranch. I believe it was being referred to as the Sherman Ranch at the time. Okay, so yeah. this is Bigelow comes in before the like lore of the place is truly established. Yeah, especially before national lore was established at all. Okay. Yeah. So Bigelow comes in, he's got NIDS. So then the NIDS team, they got all their fancy equipment, right? They got infrared cameras. They got normal cameras. They got all these sensors for like radiation, alpha, beta, gamma waves, all that stuff. And then they're, right. they're basically just going out. They got a command center. And at nighttime, they're going out on the ranch and trying to see what they can see and see if they can catch anything. Now, an interesting they're like ghost hunters, essentially. Yeah, they're, they're acting like ghost hunters. So you have a bunch of PhD guys being ghost hunters from A&E or whatever. Right. Really good use of resources here. Um, <laughs> and they, they went so far, Chris, as to establish uh, cattle mutilation, cattle mutilation watchtowers. So what they did was okay. they made uh, fenced in little runways. It looked like a dog runway. Okay. They had uh, barbed wire at the top and they had a watchtower with a camera at the end of the runway. And then they would put a cow in it and then they would watch it and then see if anyone killed it. Okay. And they set these up all around the ranch. So they just and had these like cattle mutilation like tanks that they're waiting for something did, to happen. Did they catch something? No. <laughs> they didn't catch anything. They didn't catch anything. Not <laughs> one anything. not one mutilation. They didn't catch one mutilation. Not one dead cow. Yeah, they called them biosensors. Biosensors. That's yeah. pretty cool. How much money did Mr. Bigelow spend on this project? Do we have any idea? We don't know. I can guarantee you it was a lot of money. Yeah. Between how many professionals he had, how much equipment they were using, how much infrastructure they were building out there. It was a lot of money. He probably dropped a couple of mil on this project. A hundred percent. Easily. Easily. That's insane. Okay. And, yeah. All right. So I, I need to hear more. All right. So the NIDS team did go out and investigate and they did see something one night. Oh. First thing that the bouncing headlights caught was this large dark shape about a hundred yards away on the fence line. And then the, the, you know, the bouncing headlights picked up this two bright yellow orbs that were about 15 to 20 feet off the ground, some very, what looked like a very large animal perched in, in the tree. All three of us saw it, and we could, you know, we could, we could think of nothing else except that calf. So we trucked on to about uh, 40 yards from where the tree line was, and, and the closer we got, the larger this animal got in the tree. It was just staring back with these large yellow saucer eyes. Tom Gorman got out of the, the truck, and uh, he's a trained marksman, grabbed his, uh, his hunting rifle, and he said, you know, they're not going to get any more of these cattle tonight, was what he said. So he ripped off a shot, and instantly, it was like uh, the lights went out. These two yellow orbs just disappeared. All right, so strange okay. beast firing shots at it, right? Kind of weird, kind of creepy. That is kind of weird. Yeah. You know, especially that, you know, that you have, you do, 
you know, I give PhDs a little bit of credit, I guess, that it was significant enough of an experience to discuss is kind of interesting. Yeah. And then when they go to find the animal, because Gorman, a.k.a. Sherman, who, uh, you know, it sounds like he was in the military. um, He's like, I definitely hit it. So they go to try and find it. Right. Right. We look for tracks. We look for for the, the animals that we were sure had been hit. We found two tracks that were reminiscent of large uh, raptor-like claws, very, very large claws deep in the snow, but nothing else. There was absolutely no hint of blood or no hint of dead animals. The raptor claws thing got me. I was like, what makes that? So I, what I, I believe what he means by raptor is like a large predatory bird. Oh. Not a velociraptor. Dude, do you think they just saw like a, a big bird? Yeah, it was probably like a condor or something. They were shining lights at a big bird and then uh, that's going to reflect back. Okay, you just ruined this for me. Yeah, dude. It was probably, I mean, those condors, dude, have like 10 foot, 12 foot wingspans. Yeah. I mean, they're absolutely gigantic. Or I know they're not native to the US, but have you ever seen those harpy eagles? No, I they're absolutely gigantic. And if you saw that thing at night, dude, it would be absolutely terrifying. All right. So they could just be firing shots at a hawk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, it was, it probably wasn't a hawk. It was probably like an eagle or a condor, like yeah. a very large bird. Yeah. But which again would be terrifying at night, dude. I've had owls scare the crap out of me at night. You know, uh, when I'm down on the, uh, the low country, you know, you'll have like a heron swoop you at night, dude. And it is terrifying. I mean, these things are dinosaurs. Well, and I think that's the thing about Skinwalker Ranch is that whenever people seem to have occurrences, they're at nighttime, like or like late right. at night. And you're on a ranch, and which is the, it, it is the wilderness. This is a yeah. 500 acre ranch. Most of it is just completely wild. You're going to see weird stuff. And if you're thinking aliens, you might end up seeing an alien or you think you see one. Right. You know yeah. I mean? I mean, your mind plays tricks on you, not only at night, but especially when you're out in a place like this. I mean, it's just it's absolutely wild and it's creepy, dude. Yeah. You know, I lived on a farm for a year. It's terrifying to be walking out in the middle of the field at night by yourself. Yeah. So I got another one for you. Okay. And this one's a little more inexplicable. Okay. The, the NID scientists saw a portal open. A portal? A portal. Oh, man. This is exciting. Play it. About 2 a.m. when we had two observers on this ridge, they unpacked the equipment. One guy grabbed the uh, night vision binoculars. The other guy grabbed a, uh, a camera with uh, infrared film in it. And... Um, the guy looking through the, um, the night vision equipment could see, he started describing a three-dimensional, rather than a dull, a dull yellow light, this actually was a three-dimensional brightly lit tunnel. And he started describing at the far end of this tunnel that looked like there was movement happening. And the other guy was watching this uh, large, about four foot in diameter, dull yellow light. He could not see anything three-dimensional. Um, the guy noticed movement at the end of the tunnel, and then he gradually discerned this shape. It looked like a humanoid shape that was crawling towards him through this tunnel of light that was located about four feet off the ground in the middle of nowhere. So that one's a little weirder. 
that one is weird yeah dude a portal and a humanoid crawling out of the portal yeah that's creepy in the the interesting thing there is it was only the guy with the night vision and the other guy couldn't see anything so here's here's my little if, if i were to have my debunking hat on yeah put the debunk hat on what what is this if you're using infrared or night vision things do get a little wonky and this yeah. could have been an artifact of his equipment and not something that was actually occurring, especially because the guy right next to him wasn't seeing anything. So if you did see some sort of weird light, your, your goggles were grabbing something strange uh, that, that was, you know, bouncing off a rock. Maybe these uh, IR is very re reflective, right? Um, yeah, especially back in the day. I mean, our, yeah. our night vision has, has, you know, made leaps and bounds in the the last few decades. Yeah, so this is like mid to late '90s, early 2000s. I mean, our our night vision is not as good as it is today. And that's the biggest thing for me is that I I could see something because it doesn't say he feels like he saw a humanoid creature at the end of a tunnel. I, I just right. feel like it could be some sort of weird artifact of, of the equipment that he was using, especially like, like you moon said, or something like that. Yeah. Some sort of weird reflection. Cause even in the TV show that they have now, uh, they, the same thing happens where they're using night vision and then they see like a weird right. beam, but no one can see it with their naked eye. So it's one of those things. Right. It's like, but what is that? It's just, it could just be an artifact of your equipment, picking something up weird. Right. Right. Or it could be a portal with a humanoid in it. And Chris, the story's not done because the humanoid started making its way through the tunnel. Okay. Oh my gosh. And it, it looked like a, a human, a large humanoid creature that was entirely black, uh, no features in the face. It was just like a black shadow uh, like face, heavily muscled. And the, the creature was literally elbowing and maneuvering along this, this tunnel of light. And finally, um, it reached the, the mouth of the tunnel, um, reached out, struggled onto the ground, stood up, and then vanished into the night. So it came through the portal. It came through the portal, apparently. It came into our plane. Yes. This was a skinwalker, no doubt. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, dude. That's kind of weird. That, that one is the weirdest one, I think, from the series of stories, because a lot of them are like, something out of the corner of my eye or, you know, that kind of stuff. But that was one where yeah. it's like, what did he see? Yeah. I mean, even if you think that it was something weird happening with the night vision goggles, I mean, that's still like a crazy thing to have happen through these lenses. I yeah. mean, that's still like an insane, like what, what is happening to the night vision goggles at this point that this guy can like make up this whole entire story about a creature coming out of a tunnel. Yeah. And that's the thing that makes this difficult too, is that number one, because NIDS uh, has been dissolved there, you can't find a lot of information about it. You can't really find their old reports. At least I haven't been able to find them. If anyone does have an old NIDS report, please send it to me. Cause I'd love to see it. But it's, it's one thing where it's, we, we don't actually have these reports. We have George Knapp's book. And then we have, you know, the, these interviews and these stories, but also I don't know what equipment they were using. You know, maybe you right. could replicate that with the equipment that they were using. I, it's just hard to tell at this point. I 
would prefer not to wear night vision goggles and see a portal in which a being is like ripping its way into our dimension. I would prefer (laughs) not to witness that. I would prefer naked eye for sure. I don't want to see that. Oh, you don't want to see it at all. I don't want to see that at all. Oh, I would I would love to see a naked eye. But if I, I if I got goggles on, I'm like, trying to see that at all, dude. That would be one of those things that would haunt me for the rest of my life. I'm already gonna be haunted tonight of like beings ripping into our dimension. It's a creepy concept. It's a creepy concept, dude. I don't like it. We that should be in more horror movies. I'm gonna call definitely, that. dude. That should definitely just like a like demon or a ghost or something like ripping its way into our plane. It's a horrifying thought, terrifying image. Well, apart from what sounds like it could have been a skidwalker, you yes. know, either the um, the the hawk that we shot at that could have been the skidwalker or the being ripping through a portal. There are eagle also, or condor, not a hawk. Uh, the the pigeon that they were shooting at. <laughs> <laughs> they were just, the rabbit. Um, there are also UFOs spotted over the pop- property. Pretty okay. Well, I know that, that there's there's a lot of um, witnesses coming out with uh, with you know strange flying ob- <clears throat> objects, uh, balls of light. One of the the, the classic things about that that uh, were seen multiple times on the property were these orbs of light, and they they may be different colors. We saw, we saw bright white ones. Um, the Gorman family used to see blue ones. Red ones uh, caused a lot of damage to, to cattle. So they were different colors that had different personalities. I think that's fun. That's interesting. What is, do you have a skeptical take on what these orbs probably are? I would guess that... So, I mean, most of the times, honestly, dude, whenever someone sees a UFO it's literally just a plane or a satellite or something like that. So I think there is a high probability that this was just something else. The number of UFO sightings versus the number of unidentified flying objects after they're looked into is incredibly small. Right, right, right. So, you know, maybe like gases or again, dude, the desert is a weird place. Yeah. Weird things happen out on the like peripheries of the deserts. And the other thing, too, is that the way that heat or heated up air messes with our vision and messes with light and refracts light right. is also very strange. So there have been a lot of UFO sightings of elongated planes. Uh, well, it's sorry, you know, like a elongated cylinder that's flying strangely. It'll actually just be a plane from really far away. And you're just seeing it. Yeah, from the a weird cigar, cigar uh, shapes. UFOs. Yes, yeah, stuff like that. So I don't my right. guess is, you know, I, I just have a hard time imagining that aliens color coordinate their UFOs. And it's like the red ones are the mean ones, and then the white ones are chiller, I guess. I don't know. Right. That's I just don't understand why that would be happening. Well, and I also imagine that in other worlds that they don't have the same color spectrum as us right where like red means bad and blue means good yeah right you know what i mean so i mean that kind of seems a little silly too 
I mean, it could be a Battlestar Galactica thing where they go into battle station mode and then everything turns red and they're like, let's take down right. this cow now. We're, we're yeah. weaponized. Yeah, weaponized. So, you know, Chris, the difficult thing about being a PhD on Skinwalker Ranch is that <laughs> it's really hard to get support in the scientific community. Yeah, I could only imagine. You know, nothing ever happened the same way twice. This thing, this entity, this intelligence was wily and cagey, almost like uh, stalking big game or something. It never did the same thing twice. And it seemed to be able to read people's thoughts. Well, you know, if you're trying to investigate something like that and nothing is reproducible and you're trying to be a reputable scientific organization that interests mainstream scientists into investigating paranormal type activity, you don't want to come forward with something that's half-baked and say, hey, by the way, we had a, a, a giant Sasquatch crawl through a tunnel of light and... Uh, and what do you think about that? <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> I love that, dude. You don't, you don't want to do UFOs and giant tunnels and beings breaking into our dimension half-baked. Dude, no, you can't half-bake that. You got to fully cook that idea. The science community isn't taking us seriously. Yeah. Dude, I love George Knapp. He is my favorite. He is so great. <laughs> Dude, I gotta say, man, I love these guys. I absolutely love these guys. They're, they're amazing. So, they're so earnest. Yeah. Well, they believe it too, man. And George Knapp, he, he's got like nine Emmys, dude. He is an investigative journalist who happens to be an Emmy in machine. Yeah, this right. was a, this was almost like a side gig for him. Yeah. He was just into it. It was a passion, man. So passion project. Needless to say, Chris, there were no major conclusions that were pulled from the NIDS research on Skinwalker. They, they didn't give me any tangible evidence. Nothing conclusive. Nothing was really on camera at all. Okay. After all of this money was spent. Well, we, we essentially cataloged all of the, um, or many of the phenomena that had happened. And then we, we um, went through all of the possible explanations. Um, you know, the, the, the usual cast of characters were, we, we investigated the, uh, the idea of fraud. We went through the idea of uh, dimensional realities. We went through extraterrestrial visitation. We went through hallucinations, this kind of thing. But we deliberately did not draw a conclusion, an absolute firm conclusion from, from the research because, as George mentioned, this, is a not, this has been an ongoing project. I left NIDS two years ago, but I know that the research is continuing. Well, that's nice that they you know, didn't make any conclusive judgments from the lack of evidence that they had. It's yeah. It's really thoughtful of them. It, you know, it was very intentional. Yeah, well, uh, you're, that, you're kind of doing science that no conclusions were drawn from a couple eyewitness accounts of something weird happening. Yeah. That couldn't be documented with anything else. Well, no done. they nailed your, it. Your, uh, PhD doctoral professor would be proud. Dude, that was the best spin, though, where he was like, listen, we, we've looked at all of the potential reasons why this could be happening, but we didn't want to draw any conclusions because we're still looking into it, man. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's because you, you don't actually have anything. <laughs> because you haven't found a single thing. Now, here's my favorite part, Chris, because if you do watch the, uh, the Secret of Skinwalker on Discovery, uh, whenever... 
Brandon Fugel, the new owner, is talking about the work that the Bigelow team did. He always describes it as like super top secret. It's under lock and key. No one really knows what they found. And the funny thing about that, because he describes it as if it was top secret, like it was some sort of government project, which it was not, is that uh, we all know what they were doing because George Knapp wrote a book about it. George Knapp laid out every single detail of the experiments that they ran. Yeah, he was on site <laughs> for months with the team and wrote a whole book about it with a member of the team. <laughs> it's top secret, yeah. I'm telling you. And every time Brandon Fugel starts talking about this and he's like, it's top secret, we have no idea what they looked into, we have to figure it out for ourselves. I want to like throw my copy of Hunt for Skinwalker at the screen. I'm like, it's right here, dude. It's right here. <laughs> I literally have day to day what these people were doing. Do you need me to sit literally? Uh, it's great. It is the most hunt for the giant squid type TV show you can find. Yeah. Like, except it's like, you know, we've only heard tale of these squids and it's like, dude, we literally have <laughs> washed up squids. At, at one point in the show, they just find a big hole and then start filling it with water. And then like, there's two episodes about them filling up this hole with water and trying to see where the water's going to see if there's a cave system. Nice. Was there a cave system? No. <laughs> oh, there's not anything. <laughs> they're just they're just filling up a hole with water. Yeah, and they're filling up sixty minutes of a TV show. But yeah, it was just them filling a hole with water. I was like, why Dude, are we still watching? We this? got to give a Discovery Plus TV show. It I mean, I feel like we like could easily fill up sixty minutes. Well, the the astrophysicist guy started shooting off rockets with iPhones in them into the air to see if there was radiation coming from the sky. That was pretty cool. And was there? No. Oh. There's not every project they do. Rockets. Every, yeah, they're just <laughs> launching rockets, dude, which sounds really fun. It's like those big ones that you do like in uh, in Boy Scouts. It was like that. Yeah. It's a good time. So nothing inexplicable. Nothing inexplicable. Well, a little inexplicable. You know, one okay. guy saw something weird through night vision. Um, but here's the thing, Chris. This could be a lot of stuff, but one of the coolest ones or one of the coolest explanations is that could be the multiverse. Oh, dude, you know, you're playing to your your base when you start talking about the multiverse with me. Uh, Marvel fans like you now get the hell out of here, dude. They've ruined the multiverse with uh, some of the research on the cutting edge of physics and cosmology right now. The the concept of the multiverse. That's right. Um, it, it fits. You know, it, it fits. Uh, there's a physicist named Dr. Jack Sarfati, who's a regular listener of this program, who, who uh, sort of, he read the book and a sort of light bulb went off. It sort of fits with where modern science is heading about the nature of our reality. And, and it seems like what's going on at the ranch is kind of a learning curve, that they're, they're giving us a little bit of rope and dragging us along a, a bit at a time. Now, how George came to that conclusion, I have no idea. That seems to be a giant leap huge leap a huge leap the the ranch is messing with us and it's because of the multiverse yeah and, and he, he not only says that but then he goes to the point of they're trying to teach us something about the multiverse and they're doing it a bit at a time which is very much the whole like the aliens are there but they don't want to completely disrupt our society so they're just like slowly showing themselves or maybe slowly giving us technology or something like that but i'm like what from this ranch has given you the idea that that has happened. Well, Paul, what, what you didn't hear was that the cattle, when it was mutilated, 
was in a perfect diagram of our galaxy. Oh, that you're right. I cut that part out. You cut um, that part out. It and was then on the perfectly mutilated to the universal theory was in the mutilated cat out. <laughs> I, you know what would be funny is that if it was, but some flies got to it too fast and like ate part of it and we still don't know. <laughs> or, or no one was looking for it, right? They're no just like, it. my cow is mutilated. And the aliens are like, dude, we literally gave you everything you needed. It was you know? <laughs> well, and, and it's always been my question. What was it about cattle that aliens need to mutilate it with? And I've always kind of thought that they think that in the weird like anthropological way that they must think that cows are incredibly important to us almost like as hindus think of cattle that they think everyone thinks cattle are that way because we like take care of them and we give them medicine and we give them food and we give them water and we take care of them and we shelter them i mean then we slaughter them and eat them but like they typically go to a slaughterhouse and maybe the aliens can't see inside of the slaughterhouse. And it's like, they're taking them to these like spas or something. And like they go there and they're just there until their old age, you know? And so it's like some kind of sacred animal. And so it's like them killing these cows is somehow like them trying to be like, Look, we're helping you with your sacred, you know, knowledge. I mean, it could be. Who knows? I mean, it's like if aliens see us with dogs, you know, we, we walk behind a dog and pick up its poop. You know, they might think the dogs are the masters. Who knows? The dogs are the masters. Which is kind of true, to be real. Uh, to be real. Yeah. Well, Chris, the thing is, they so they were convinced on the ranch that they were interacting with some sort of being, and they did try to communicate with it. How do you communicate with a being like this? Uh, not very effectively, apparently. Oh, okay. And um, we even went to the extent of, of, you know, attempting to be proactive in, in interacting with whatever was there, you know, leaving, leaving messages out, leaving, leaving um, boxes full of, of, uh, of bricks and uh, bricks with, with, with different symbols on them. And it, there was many, many different attempts to communicate, but... It was never the communication never happened on our terms. It was always on whatever was on this property. Um, so it didn't work, sadly. Wh what does he mean that it was always on their terms? I is he thinking like the orbs and stuff like that? Was it trying yeah. to communicate the cattle mutilation, the weird portals and stuff like that? Yeah, he's interpreting any sort of activity as a form of communication. Ah. Okay. So there was never actual any communication, but it's like, yeah, there was a weird thing that happened. There was a story about like some camera cords got cut and they didn't know how the camera cords got cut and they thought it had to be the being. Right. So things like that are, are kind of what was happening. Do you think this is just like all a like huge prank on these families that own this property? That like, would... Do you think somebody is out there like messing with these people you know that crossed my mind today and getting ready for the show where do you remember the uh the old hp lovecraft short story the alchemist 
it was the guy who was uh he cursed the family that the the son would always die at 30 and every son would die at 30 right and yeah. it turns out that he was just living in the house and was right. killing them he was like living in the castle i was like yeah, what if there's right. just one dude living in a cave on skinwalker ranch and he's just screwing with everyone just messing with everyone he like kills the cattle he'll like kind of like sneak in cut some wires I, I still haven't figured out how you create a portal with a, a, a being like crawling out of it. That one we'll have to, to think about for a little bit. But yeah, it's just like some or it could be like a group of people, you know, they just like hate all of the attention this place is getting and they're like trying to scare these people off, but it keeps on backfiring. Yeah. And more people keep coming and more and more people keep on coming. And they're like, we had a quiet town here. Yeah. It's, it's very, very sad. I, I honestly feel most bad for the neighbors. Like if your ranch is next to Skinwalker ranch, that has to be really annoying. Luckily you have 500 acres where you don't really have to like deal with it. You know, That's you're true. like next closest neighbors, like a mile away. Yeah. Well, and they, they don't actually let you go to the ranch either. It's completely shut off um, for quote unquote, you know, scientific reasons. You don't want anyone interfering with the science that's occurring there for discovery channel yes. right now. Yes. So, but my hope is that Brandon Fugel, a uh, real estate mogul does open some sort of paranormal resort because I would definitely stay there. Oh, you know, that's got to happen. I mean, he's got to make his Discovery Plus money first. But after the Discovery Plus money dries up, I mean, what else could you do with this place? Nothing. There's nothing else to do with it. I mean, he's I mean, not going to be a rancher. Yeah, this guy, his name, it's Adamantium Realty. Yeah. He's not going to, to do the hard work of ranching. That man has soft hands. Yeah, very soft. Considering that adamantium is the hardest metal on the planet, this man has very soft hands. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, too, they do have a few cattle on the ranch, which once again are serving as biosensors. And they also brought in two, I think it was llamas. So they, they have two llamas just to see how the, the ranch would react to a more exotic creature. Um, you don't hear about a lot of llama mutilations. Yeah. Well, they, they got attacked by coyotes. Oh, did they? Yeah, they don't. Llamas are supposed to be pretty good at uh, uh, pretty good attack animals. No, these ones got got, dude. But they, they got got in the show. They play it off like it's actually something real, like it's some sort of beast. And I'm looking at the video like that's a freaking coyote. Dude. That's, a, that's coyote. a coyote. Yeah, that's a coyote. I know what a coyote looks like. I know what a coyote on a trail cam looks like for sure. Ooh, look at you. Uh, it's our dad keeps sending us pictures. Sem Semi-rural, <laughs> huh? I've seen a farm. I'm semi-rural. I'm semi-rural. I grew up in flyover country. Dude, I live in the middle of nowhere now, so I think actually, yeah, I, mean, I am actually rural you, at this you've point. You've gotten more rural as you've aged. Yeah. Well, Chris, on a scale of one to five uh, skinwalkers, what do you give the ranch? Man, I'm only going to give it like two skinwalkers. Two skinwalkers? I, I, for, for all of the lore, for all of the things i have seen again i didn't know much i didn't know much about skinwalker ranch i came to this relatively blind it doesn't seem like there's a lot there yeah yeah that's an inherent issue with skinwalker is that 
you know, for something that is supposed to be so haunted, so paranormal, so much UFO activity, there have been a lot of people there documenting a lot of things and they've never been able to really catch anything. Yeah. I mean, it, it was actually, I'm a little disappointed to be quite honest. I thought there was going to be a little bit more fanfare. Uh, I will have nightmares tonight about a being, you know, crawling its way out of a portal from another dimension. Yeah, that's fair. That is legitimately terrifying. Yeah. In terms of the story, I like the story. I'm going to give the story a three, but belief that something's happening. I'm giving a one. I think that it is now such a thing where people go there expecting to see something. You're playing around on a ranch at 2 a.m. You're probably going to feel like you see something. I don't think there's much else going on besides that. It's a good story, dude. Anytime you bring in Native American lore, you know, curses, uh, witches and warlocks. A, a family ran off the land. A that's family, fun. Yeah. Kind of like, like an Amityville thing. Yeah. I mean, that's all good stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm getting a little bit of Mel's whole feel on some of this, where it's just like at some point you just start throwing stuff into the hole. Yeah. And you're like, what's going to stick? Yeah, that's basically what's been happening. Well, we will call it there, Chris. If you like the show, please follow us on whatever app you're listening to us on. Drop us five stars if you are listening to us on Apple, on Spotify, or anything else that lets you rate shows. Uh, you can follow us on TikTok. We got a TikTok now. TikTok? That's new. What? Uh, yeah, dude. Like we, we got a TikTok. Did you... Uh... Did you de-age by 10 years? You're Gen Z now? <laughs> Close. I'm, you know, I'm getting really hip with the lingo at this point because of all the, the TikTok lingo. You're on cooler. fleek. Uh, Chris, kids don't say that anymore, okay? <laughs> Cursed. Cursed. Yeah, so follow us on Are TikTok. Are you doing dances on this TikTok? Yeah, the, our TikTok's mostly me dancing. So if you want to see it's me doing dances, dancing? check okay. that out. No, I'm spreading conspiracies. Apparently... Spreading conspiracies on TikTok is a real thing. Uh, What's your handle on TikTok? Oh, yeah. Go to uh, Coast to Coast PM, actually, is the handle. All right. Well, easy enough. Easy enough. Find Keep it there. It easy for everyone. Check out our TikToks. Um, and that's the show. We love you all. We appreciate you. Come on back next week where we will be talking about something entirely different. All right, baby. All conspiracy all the time. Later. <laughs>